This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Uh, I know I haven't done a podcast in, like, three weeks. I know that. Um, It's been really hectic around here, and I know there's been quite a bit of news break uh, in the last week. As a matter of fact, I was going to do the podcast uh, this past Saturday night live, uh, but we had some severe weather come through. I, I didn't want the weather messing with the live stream, so I... I, I called it quits uh, for the night and decided we were going to sit and watch the storm instead. But it's actually a good thing that I waited because a lot of news broke just in the next couple days after that. Uh, So we're going to go through that on this episode. But uh, before we get into all of the news and everything, there's a couple things I wanted to let you guys know about. Uh, The Star Wars Canon Podcast will no longer be on YouTube after this episode. Uh, It's still going to be available to you. Uh, on Anchor. Uh, that's a, a an app you can download. It's a podcasting app, or you can go to anchor.fm. The podcast will also uh, be available there. The reaction videos, uh, reviews, interviews, everything like that will still be on the YouTube channel, but we're just moving the podcast over to its own home uh, to be able to be put out onto different platforms. So just as a heads up, this is the last one that will be on YouTube. Uh, everything from here on out will be on uh, anchor.fm or the anchor app whichever you prefer spotify itunes google uh, podcast wherever else uh, you can find podcasts at so uh, with that out of the way let's jump into some of this news and before we get going on a bunch of the uh, happy-go-lucky fun stuff i just wanted to kind of talk about uh, this one story for a moment i'm sure a lot of you guys already know where i'm going with this Uh, last week i believe it was last week late last week uh, maybe it was early the week before uh, we got word that uh, Peter Mayhew, uh, who's obviously known for playing the role of Chewbacca, uh, passed away at his home at the age of 74. Uh, and, you know, this was this is the third big Star Wars loss we've had in the last several, you know, in the last handful of years. And I made the comment, uh, you know, we lost Alec Guinness back in the 90s, I believe it was. Um, but everybody seems to be focusing on these these core characters you know what i mean these these characters that we all know and love and really grew up with uh that were still around up until recently you know we lost kenny baker first uh r2 and then we lost carrie fisher uh princess leia and now we've lost uh peter mayhew our our beloved chewbacca so uh it's a very very sad time for star wars fans and it happened just i mean it happened on i believe it was march 30th was when he passed away they didn't put the word out until i think the first or second day of april and, uh, you know, it's it, it was kind of a bittersweet Star Wars day this year. So uh, it, it sucks. We keep losing all these greats, you know, these legacy uh, characters, these legacy actors. But even in the dark shadow, right, of all this sadness the, of, of losing these characters, we've still got stuff to look forward to. You know, there's, there's still a silver lining to everything. Uh, you, you know, luckily we have somebody uh, who can still embody Chewbacca the same way Peter Mayhew did. Uh, and I can never pronounce his name right. I think it's Jonas. 
I think is how you say it. Uh, great, great actor for Star Wars or for uh, for Chewbacca. So uh, we we are very, very blessed and very lucky to have him to pick up the mantle and carry it on. Especially considering Peter taught him everything he knew about Chewbacca and kind of his mannerisms, his body language, stuff like that. So uh, we are we are very blessed that he was able to pass that on before he passed on. So I uh, just want to give uh, a shout out to his family and 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 convey my condolences. Uh, to his family that's got to be rough man every i never got to meet the man but everything i heard about him uh was just that he was this giant lovable just teddy bear you know so and just absolutely kind so uh i'm 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 upset i never got to meet him uh never got to meet carrie either still trying to come to terms with that one as well so uh our our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of peter mayhew uh, with that out of the way, let's get on to some, uh, some news that will put a smile on our face. How's that sound? So, uh, like I said, last week I was going to record the podcast and then the day after I decided not to record the podcast, cause there wasn't a whole lot of news that I was going to be able to talk about last week anyway, and I was going to make it a full mailbag episode, but I'm glad I held off because they finally announced the journey to the rise of Skywalker book slate. Uh, I was kind of surprised they didn't release this at Celebration. They were probably still trying to finalize deals, get things put in order and everything. But uh, Star Wars Day weekend is kind of, is a good day to put this out as well. And, and this is something I was really looking forward to. And I'm not going to lie, I'm there's some good stuff here that we're going to talk about. But at the same time, I'm kind of bummed because there's not a whole lot of it. You know, I mean, it, it's the... They instead of focusing on quantity, I think they focused on quality. So I'm not really going to complain too much. But before I get into this, uh, the journey to the Force Awakens, right back in 2015, we we had three mini novels, Lost Stars, Aftermath, all of these books dropped in the Journey to series, you know, for uh, the Force Awakens, including uh, several comic series, just everything leading up to this. Uh, the journey, the uh, I think it was journey to the last Jedi. I don't think we had as much. I think it was. I think actually it was less than what we're getting this year, to be honest. But this year we have got a couple of things. It's pretty much. It's essentially one big thing per medium, leading up to the rise of Skywalker. So let's get into this. Let's start with the big, uh, the the meat and potatoes of the canon first. Uh, Del Rey is releasing an adult novel called Resistance Reborn. Uh, it's written by Rebecca Roanhorse, I think is how you say her name. I've never, I've never even heard of Rebecca Roanhorse, to be completely honest. I'm not familiar with her work, so I don't really know what to expect out of this book. Uh, the synopsis reads as this: it says Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Ray, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So obviously, this is the book that takes place between episodes eight and nine, leading up. This is I, I'm assuming this is the prequel novel to episode nine, the way that Catalyst was kind of the prequel novel to Rogue One. Um, that novel goes on sale on November twelfth this year. I'm very very excited to get my hands on that one. Uh, and 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 I, like I said, I, I don't know anything about Rebecca Roanhorse's writing. Uh, I'm going to look into it a little bit before that book comes out to kind of see what I'm in for. But I'm I'm very excited for this story. And and we'll talk about kind of the format of this book 
what I think the E what, what the new canon is missing compared to the EU. I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later when we get to the mailback questions. But uh, this is this is a full ensemble story, and these are very rare in the new canon. So. Uh, that one I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, another novel coming out is Lucasfilm Press's Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick, I think is how you say his name. Uh, this is another one of those little three-and-a-half-hour reads, kind of like Smuggler's Run, uh, Moving Target, Weapon of a Jedi, Cobalt Squadron, and I don't remember what the other one was, Before the Awakening. It's in that format with the red and black and white covers, right? This is one that I'm really, really excited about. The synopsis reads, set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. And and the cover of it has got this scavenger kid walking through. It looks like the desert. I don't want to say it's Jakku necessarily, but probably Tatooine. He's got a gaffy stick, Stormtrooper helmet, but he's got a lightsaber on his pack too. And if this is set right before Force Awakens, I'm really, really excited to see what we what's in store for us for episode nine, which is something else we'll talk about later on. But uh, it this is one I'm really excited for. It comes out on November 19th, uh, just a week after Resistance Reborn. So come October, November, man, I'm going to have a young one, and I'm going to have a bunch of books to read. So I'm going to be really, really busy uh, this fall, this winter, this holiday season, not to mention Jedi Fallen Order coming out. I mean, it's just everything else leading up to episode nine this year. Uh, but Force Collector, definitely, this is one that I'm that I'm I've got my eye on. It's on my radar. Uh, I'm assuming anybody who's really a big fan of Star Wars books, this one should be on your radar too. In my opinion, uh, this is this is going to be a good one. Uh, also from Lucasfilm Press uh, is going to be Spark of the Resistance. This is another one of those novels that's kind of like the Smuggler's Run. Cobalt Squadron, whatnot, in that same vein of books. Uh, and I'm assuming this is a Ray story. The synopsis says when a distress plea goes up from the isolated planet Menfar, Resistance heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together they will face down a First Order battalion, terrifying flying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of the war. Uh, that one goes on sale on October 4th, 2019. Uh, and, and, I mean, that one is kind of an early release, can, you know, compared to the, everything else. That one's probably going to be right around Force Friday. That book is probably going to release just a week or two before we get the final trailer for Episode 9 and tickets go on sale. So, this is one that I'm excited for. Also, probably sit down and buzz through it in a day. And uh, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, kind of get away from books a little bit. Marvel is doing a four-issue run called Star Wars Allegiance. Right now, it's completely top secret. Nobody knows anything about this thing, except what they've given us right here, which is actually a pretty good synopsis. This is this is something I'm looking forward to. This says, uh, on the run since the destruction of the Starkiller base, General Leia and the, uh, and the remaining handful of Resistance have barely managed to survive much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance. Uh, this is one. I'm. This is a series I'm really, really excited for, especially considering in the Star Wars comic, we kind of just wrapped up, not the story arc we're on now, but we kind of wrapped up this uh, Hope Dies uh, story arc in the comics not too, not, not too long ago. And it was it had to deal with the Rebel Alliance building up their Mon Cala fleet and all this stuff. They had all the the fr all the uh, frigates, the Mon Calamari frigates and whatnot. So uh, I'm excited to see that come back into play. Which this also tells me, 
that if there's a comic talking about her going to the Mon Calamari to try to get access to the shipyards again, we're going to see fleet on fleet battles again in episode nine. So uh, issue number one of that is on sale on October 9th. Uh, I'm sorry, episode not not episode issue. Issue number two is on October 16th. Issue number three is October 23rd. And issue number four comes out on October 30th. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that at your comic book shop. Uh, another set of comics coming out. And for those of you who don't really care about these comics, this particular set of comics, don't worry. I'm sure it's it's not going to drop anything galaxy-shattering uh, that you're going to have to read it. But IDW uh, is coming out with a series of comics. I, I shouldn't say series. Uh, it's It's Star Wars Adventures. It's simply issues 27, 28, and 29, but they're just telling a three-story, a three-issue story arc, I guess you could say, within their uh, series of comics. And the synopsis for this one is simply, it says, In a series of original stories, the mighty Wookiees of Kashyyyk must defend their home against the armies of the evil First Order. Plus R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8 team up on a top-secret spy adventure for the resistance. So, uh, issue number one for that, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say issue number one, issue 27, the first issue of that particular run goes on sale October, 2019. Issue 28 is November of 2019 and issue 29 is December of 2019. So, uh, all of that being said, and, and you know, there was also a handful, there was a slew of just children's books and, and world of reading. And there was a little golden book. There's even a choose your own adventure story in there, which I don't really consider canon, considering you choose your own adventure. But uh, there's a lot of those in there too, including an Art of the Rise of Skywalker book, which the cover for is gorgeous. If you guys haven't seen this cover, you got to go check it out. Uh, but that's in there, and they didn't announce it, but I'm sure just in the weeks following the release of the Rise of Skywalker, we'll have a novelization come down the line as well. Still don't know who's writing it yet. Uh, but I'm sure that's going to be late December, early January, somewhere along in there, uh, before we'll get the novelization to that. So definitely keep an eye out for all of that. And, and that, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you know, I said earlier, that's not really a whole lot, but it's still not as much as what was released in the journey to the force awakens, but it's more than what we got for the journey to the last Jedi. So I can't complain. There's some, looks like there's some really good stuff in here. I'm really looking forward to reading all this and maybe getting some glimpses into what episode nine is going to be right before we get this film. So definitely go check out any of those that you're interested in. Uh, and, and like I said, those dates uh, for the comics, that's when it, when uh, uh, you'll be able to find those on your comic stand. So uh, other big news, this just dropped, what, two or three days ago. And I've already seen so many people arguing online about this stuff, and it's insane. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit right now. Uh, right now, we have information that has been released. It is from Lucasfilm themselves. They've unveiled the release dates for, th uh, for three future Star Wars films. Uh, they have no title yet. They're just untitled Star Wars film at this point. Uh, the next Star Wars film we're getting after Episode Nine is not going to be until December 16th, 2022. And then every other year after that for this particular trilogy. I've seen people online, you know, talking about how, you know, oh, this must mean that Ryan Johnson's not getting his trilogy anymore. It's since they only announced one trilogy. Because we know Benioff and Weiss is getting a trilogy. Ryan Johnson's getting a trilogy. Uh, but they've only announced this particular trilogy so far. And the fact that they're, you know, two years apart on each episode tells me this is a trilogy in and of itself. We did find out a couple weeks ago that they're going to be releasing these two trilogies in tandem. So I'm assuming that is 
episode of one, episode of another, episode one, episode of another, you know, back and forth. So uh, I'm going to guess that this is probably the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. Or, yeah, I'm going to say this is the Benioff and Weiss trilogy and the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I don't see them starting Ryan Johnson's trilogy before this. So I'm sure you can expect this film in 22 and then the first film in the next trilogy in 23 i i don't see them actually putting two years between films here especially considering they've already announced two trilogies so uh this is very exciting news for me i'm really excited i thought the hiatus was going to be longer than this i really thought it was going to but at the same time i think it's just long enough to kind of focus on the mandalorian and and some of the uh, some of the novels i'm sure we're going to get after episode nine and and some of that storytelling and the Cassian Andor series, and all this other stuff we've got coming. I think that'll give us a chance to focus on that for a few years, and then build up anticipation again for this new trilogy. And at least this way, they're not rushing it. If they're taking a hiatus from the films, even if this is Ryan Johnson's trilogy, all right? Even if this is Ryan Johnson's trilogy, and you did not like Last Jedi, and you hate Ryan Johnson now, the fact that these films are this far out should give you pause to sit back and go, okay, let's see what he's going to offer us. This is giving plenty of time. This is three years from now. This is plenty of time to get these films, to get a full story arc going over all three of them. This is this is what they should have been doing from the get-go with the sequel trilogy. So uh, take a step back, take a breath, and let's see what these films have to offer. So three new Star Wars films release dates have been announced, uh, and hopefully before long we'll be getting some more information on perhaps another trilogy releasing. So we'll, we will see in the near future. Uh, before we get into mailbag questions, I've got a short review for you guys for Queen Shadow. Uh, I was going to put this review out on Sunday. I even put it on the YouTube channel that I was going to put it out on Sunday. But like I said, the severe weather came through and kind of put a kink in all of those plans. Uh, Queen Shadow, man. This is this is a book that I, I, I was kind of excited for, but I wasn't really expecting too much out of it. And I'm not going to say that I was disappointed. I'm not going to say that I was slightly, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised. There's really not a whole lot in this book, to be completely honest. And, and, and the synopsis of the book pretty much sums it up to where you really don't even have to read it. There's, there's a couple of nice little moments in there that you're just like, ha, 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 I see what you did there. It was a little on the nose. But, uh, you know, certain references to certain lines and certain events that happen later on. But... It's it's nothing too serious. Yeah, you could not read this book and still understand everything that's going on with Padme. Uh, the the prologue of the book picks up during the occupation of Episode One, when Padme and uh, Sabe are switching roles when the decoy is actually going into the suit. And, and one of the things into the robes. And one of the things that this book did kind of elaborate on was the fact that the Queen's wardrobe had all these escape hatches and stuff on them, right? And she was just wearing like a jumpsuit underneath. So if anything happened, she could just pop out of it and run and leave the dress standing there. I thought it was kind of a cool thing. But uh, the, this book mainly focuses on the relationship between Padme and her handmaidens. That's really all it is. The synopsis put out that it was uh, her kind of learning to step out from underneath being a queen and getting people to recognize her not as a queen anymore, but as a senator after the next queen asks her to stay on. But it, that's in there, but it's mainly, it's more about her and the handmaidens and their relationship, how their system works, how their decoys, how, how, how them setting up their decoy plans always work and whatnot. And, and the, the parts that deal with Padme being a senator 
are all right. You know, she she has her first interactions with Bail Organa. She has her first interactions with Mon Mothma. Uh, but the Handmaiden stuff is what's really, really interesting to delve into, especially Sabe's story. Uh, and this really isn't anything that's spoiler. You can read this on the back of the cover. Uh, I won't tell you guys how it turns out, but it, there's uh, there's one point in this book. Obviously, this is after episode one. Anakin has not seen... Padme hasn't seen Anakin in, you know, however many years it's been. I think it's two or three years at this point. Uh, actually, I think it's four. I think it's four years later. Uh, but she sends Sabe to Tatooine after she becomes senator to try to free the slaves on Tatooine because she's thinking about this little boy that she met on Tatooine and she specifically sends Sabe to go find Shmi Skywalker. She even name drops her. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys how that turns out, but it is, it's very, very interesting on, on some of the things that the handmaids were willing to do for Padme. So uh, is this a book that you need to go pick up? I'm not going to say yes. Uh, is it one that if you're just in the mood for a casual read, yeah, that's probably what this is best for. Uh, like I said, there's there's really nothing uh, galaxy shattering in this book. There, there's a couple of eye roll moments where you know this one senator tells Padme, you know, if you're not going to be here, you need to find somebody to be a representative in your stead. And she's like, I know just the being. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! But there there's there's certain things you're just like, oh, like I said, a little on the nose. So uh, it's kind of up to you guys whether you want to read this one. It's like I said, it's not necessary. So. Uh, I'll have a full review out for it, uh, hopefully this weekend. I'm not going to make any promises about when that's coming, but uh, hopefully this weekend I'll have that uh, review out for you guys on the YouTube channel, so you can head over there. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button on that, U that YouTube channel while you're uh, over there, and hit that notification bell. So uh, let's get into mailbag questions. How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast you simply email it to me at starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com. I'll go through a, I'll go through and pick out a few. And I think this week I've got, let me look here, I've got six questions this week. And it's actually six really good questions. Uh, the first question this week uh, comes from Valerie Moore. And Valerie says, Greetings, Exalted One. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Valerie Moore, longtime listener and fan of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm sending you this question in hopes of maybe finally getting a real answer out of someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to canon books. What is the biggest difference between the old EU books and the new canon books? I've never read any of the EU. Is there really a drop in quality or are people just too attached to what came before? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for the question, Valerie. Uh, and and there's, there's a little bit to unpack there. Not, not a whole lot, but... Uh, first, I'll answer your question about what's what's the difference between the two. Um, the, I don't want, really want to say there's been a drop in quality. I want to say that it, there's been a change in format. Because what what the EU novels were, and, and, and I've not by any means read all of the EU. I've read a, a portion of it, but I've, I've never read all of it. Uh, Richard J., who runs the Facebook page, has read all of it. He knows everything about the EU there is to know. Uh, but... He, the EU, from what I've read, most of the novels I read were Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and the droids. Ensemble cast, every novel. And not and, and none of the novels, some of them did, but none of them really focused on just one character the way the new canon does. You know, in the old EU, 
there really wasn't a, a backstory on this character that you never knew. There really, I mean, they were mentioned throughout other books, but essentially the EU novels were, this is the story, this is how our heroes are going to deal with it, you know? The EU has been, not the EU, the new canon has been quite a bit different from that. So far, we've gotten a couple of prequel novels, uh, some novelizations, and then really character studies is really all we've gotten so far. That we, we, Like I said, we, ha we haven't really had an ensemble piece yet with everybody. Sure, there's been books with you know Han and Leia in them and Chewie in them and and but we haven't seen you know the big 3 together dealing with these problems after return of the jedi again and I mean, sure we're getting some of it in the comics in the star wars comic whatnot but that these books people latch onto the novels to the EU novels right and and I'm sure people are wanting to do the same with the new canon it's just the it's not like I said it's not a drop in quality there's some really good stuff in the new canon don't get me wrong, there's some really crappy and shitty stuff in the new canon as well, but the EU was the same way. There was some great stuff in the EU, there was some shitty stuff in the EU. So, I don't really, and, and you know, I, I've argued with people online about how they could just, they, can, they don't even have to look at the cover, then you just start reading it and they can tell the difference between the two. No, you can't. You honestly cannot tell the difference. Had they not said that they were going to... Let's back up to 2014 for a minute. If they, if Disney had not come out and said all the novels from now are going to be canon, everything else wasn't canon, and they just kept coming out with books, nobody would have ever noticed any difference in any of it. The only reason people even know there's a difference is because of the Legends banner or because they know this is new canon. That, that's, all, that's all it is. They're, they, they've already compartmentalized it separately in their head from what they've already read before. That's all it is personally, I mean, obviously I've got the podcast keeping up with the, with the new canon. I prefer the new canon. Everything has got this consistent kind of timeline flow to it. Even George Lucas didn't consider the EU canon. I know there's a lot of EU purists out there who claim that he did, but he didn't. Because if he did, he would have made the Clone Wars on screen a lot different. They would have been what they had talked about in the, in the Thrawn trilogy. You know, and that's two completely different versions of the Clone Wars. So even George Lucas didn't latch on to that stuff, right? So I, the, the new canon is very consistent. It's got this over... There's a couple things in there so far that have made me go, that doesn't make any sense. That character was supposed to be there, but they weren't there in this one, you know. there's There's been a couple little things, but the overall arc so far is more cohesive. So... And there's certain characters that keep popping up in different places that you're like, oh, I remember them from that book. That, that That's kind of interesting to see, you know. So, like I said, I don't want to say it's a drop in quality, but it's 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 a change in format. That's that's how I'm going to say it. And, and your comment, though, about people being too attached to what came before, I think that's a genuine problem. I really do. And I don't, I don't want to say a problem. I think that's a genuine, a genuine issue when it comes to, you know, the difference between EU purists and canon lovers. There's that's that's got to be a big thing. People grew up with these books, and 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 that's that was the Star Wars they got. We didn't have new films coming out then, you know. We 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 didn't have live action TV shows coming out. We had an animated droids cartoon, and we had Ewoks, and and the holiday special. Like that that was about it, right? So I get it. The novels were what people latched onto during the '90s and the early 2000s. I get that, but it's. It's one of those things where, yeah, 
people just have a hard time letting go of what of what came before. And and nobody's saying you can't still read those books and enjoy them. You know, nobody's telling you that. Nobody's coming to your house and banging down your door and and collecting copies of your paperbacks and burning them in front of you, saying they're the forbidden texts. You know, that that's nobody's doing that. They're still hell. They're still putting them out. They're still releasing Legends material under the Legends banner. You can still buy brand new copies of your old EU novels. So it's not like they're they're trying to tell you you can't still read them and enjoy them. Uh, personally, I have a hard time reading EU stuff now. I, I For some reason in my brain, I have a hard time differentiating between canon and non-canon. It's, uh, for example, I tried reading the Thrawn trilogy again about, well, about a year and a half ago. And it just, it felt foreign to me somehow. It was, I'd read it before, but now it felt foreign to me, you know, knowing that Thrawn was in Rebels and and where Episode 7 ends up at. It's, it's kind of weird trying to place that in my head for some reason. I know some people out there wouldn't have any any uh, problem with that. But for some reason, for in my brain, it just, it can't, I can't click the two together. So, uh, but I hope that answers your question. Uh, it, like it's not a dip in quality, it's a change in format. So uh, thank you for the question, Valerie. I do appreciate you sending it in. Uh, question number two this week comes from Ian Park. And Ian says, hey, Brian, hope all is well with you and yours. Congrats on the youngling coming later this year. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate that. Uh, I got to know, do you think we'll ever get that Obi-Wan movie now, or is it dead in the water? Thank you for all the effort you put into this channel and podcast. Can't be easy having a day job, a family, and doing all this. Hope your podcast soars, brother. Thank you so much, man, for the kind words. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the Obi-Wan movie. This is something, there were a lot of rumors surrounding this not too long ago. Uh, you know, and well, less than a year ago, there were people talking about an Obi-Wan movie. And I think we were really close at the time to getting an announcement. I was expecting it any day. If you go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes of the podcast, uh, the, like second, third, fourth episode, somewhere along in there, I was really, yeah, we're getting an Obi-Wan announcement right now. Like this is happening and it never happened. And I think that has a lot to do with what happened with Solo, you know? I mean, and all these people who were complaining that Alden Ehrenreich looked nothing like Han Solo and these people who were boycotting Solo because they didn't like The Last Jedi but wanted the Obi-Wan film, kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, didn't they? Uh, you know, they boycotted a film to let them know they're not happy with the direction it's going. So Lucasfilm's like, all right, fine, you don't want an Obi-Wan movie then. And we didn't get the Obi-Wan movie. So it's, like I said, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. I think we were really close to getting it at one point. And then Solo happened. And I think that idea has pretty much been set on the back burner. I'm not going to say it's never going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. At least you're looking at maybe eight or nine years from now before anybody starts talking about doing something like this again, a standalone film. We had Rogue One, which I thought was excellent. It did pretty well in box office, too. Solo didn't do that great, you know? So I think Disney took a step back and looked at these solo films like... Maybe we should just stick to trilogies. So that's why they've announced Benioff and Weiss are doing a trilogy. Ryan Johnson's doing a trilogy. I don't think we're going to see a standalone film again for quite a while. However, uh, I'm not going to say the idea of anything surrounding Obi-Wan is completely dead. 
if I was going to be a betting man, look, this this Disney Plus service is coming out in November, and they are gearing up big time for this thing. Uh, especially with Star Wars, you know, we ju- they just bought Fox back, so now they can put the original Star Wars films on Disney Plus. Uh, they're going to have every Star Wars film on there except for Last Jedi and Solo. Once those Netflix deals run out, then they're going to go to the Disney Plus service. I guarantee you, all of uh, all of Rebels is going to be on there. All of Resistance is going to be on there. All of Clone Wars is going to be on there. Uh, you're going to have the Mandalorian on there. The Cassian Andor series is going to be on there. They are going to have so much Star Wars content on this thing; it's going to blow even the the most avid Star Wars fans mind literally a one-stop shop for everything Star Wars on one channel sign me up like that, that that's that's going to be a big thing so I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road they come out and say we're doing an Obi-Wan series a live action Obi-Wan series for the Disney Plus service because Ewan McGregor is getting about to that age right and that's just assuming that he's going to play the role again Ewan McGregor is getting to about the right age where he could be playing Obi-Wan on Tatooine. And to be honest, I would rather see a series of him dealing with life on Tatooine, dealing with Jabba's thugs, dealing with watching over Luke, all of that. I would rather see that in a series than I would in just a movie or two movies, you know? So this is this is something that I don't think you've seen the last of. I just think it's going to be in a different form than what you thought it was going to be, what all of us thought it was going to be. And so don't give your hopes up yet. Just just wait. We're, we're, we're going to wait and see what this Obi-Wan thing does. So uh, Lucasfilm knows we want it. And, I mean, you, you McGregor knows we want it. And we know we want it. And we do know that, that Lucasfilm is talking about other projects too, not just the Benioff and Weiss stuff and, and you know, the Ryan Johnson stuff. We do know they're, they're talking and throwing around ideas for other things. So... Stay patient. I'm sure there's there's only so much they can put out at a time, and everybody wants different things. At some point, you're going to get what you want. It's just it's a matter of time. So uh, thanks for the question, though, brother. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week is a simple one. comes from Josh Butler, and he simply says, Can we talk about this Grand Moff Tarkin comic? Holy shit. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you that don't know what he's talking about, right now Marvel is doing a... I guess three three different series uh, leading up to the rise of Skywalker. Uh, they started the year off with the Age of Republic, which was just a bunch of one-off comics, you know, surrounding Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Darth Maul. Uh, I think Anakin, General Grievous, Count Dooku, Padme. There, I think there were a couple others. Uh, but now they are on this Age of Rebellion series, which is Han, Luke, Leia. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, Vader, Lando. I think I think there's a couple other. Boba Fett got one. Has got one now. Uh, and then after they're done with that, they're going to be doing Age of Resistance, which will be Finn, Poe, Ray. Them all getting their own comics leading up to Last, uh, Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Resi- uh, Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Resistance. What the hell? Um, so right now they're dead center in this Age of Resi- uh, of uh, Rebellion series. And they just really, I, I just read it this past weekend, as a matter of fact. It's Grand Moff Tarkin with his own comic. This comic is one, if you guys love Grand Moff Tarkin, even if you don't love Grand Moff Tarkin, go get this one shot because I read this comic and my jaw dropped once I got through it. I didn't think there was going to be much of a story there for Tarkin, considering his story was pretty much told between the Tarkin novel and A New Hope. 
and you know with Rogue One and 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 some of Clone Wars, and even with Rebels, I thought his start his art was pretty much that was it. And this comic doesn't really add much to his arc. It just it's kind of behind the scenes stuff of things going on during A New Hope. Uh, for those of you who want a little bit of context, I'm not going to give anything away. It happens. This comic is during episode four. Once Leia's on the Death Star. As a matter of fact, the whole scene of the whole blowing up of Alderaan is in this comic, but it's from the point of view of the gunners on this, uh, on, on the Death Star. And a couple of them hesitate before they blow up the planet, and Grand Moff Tarkin knows. And it's, what he does is insane. It's just cold-blooded, brutal. It's absolutely amazing to sit and, and read. So definitely go pick up this comic. This is one, that, look, and there's even callbacks to the Tarkin novel. If you read the novel and you loved it, definitely. It's just one issue. Even if even if you think you're going to hate it, it's one comic issue. Just stand in the shop and read it if you want. Uh, it, this is one that we need more comics like this dealing with these characters. This is this was an insane comic. It was absolutely great. Um, but it makes one wonder who fired the Death Star, was getting ready to fire the Death Star for... Yavin, if you've read the comic, you know what I'm talking about. Definitely go pick that up, guys. Like I said, I don't want to give anything away because it just came out. And yes, I want to talk about it so bad. But uh, this is one you guys have got to check out. I'm going to gush about this comic. I even went and told Kirsty about it after I got done reading it. I was like, this is one that's just holy shit. This one, my jaw was on the floor. This was on par as far as character to character. This was on par... This comic was to Grand Moff Tarkin as the Vader hallway scene was to Vader. It was that good. So definitely go check out that comic, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't say anymore. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, thanks for the question, though, Josh. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number four this week comes from Brent Marshall. And Brent says, Brian, hope to hear an answer from you on this. Well, here we go. Uh, just walked out of Avengers Endgasm, my new name for the film. Uh, and it got me thinking. If that epic battle is how they sum up 11 years of comic book movies, Episode 9 is going to be insane considering they're wrapping up 40 plus years of Star Wars movies. Do you think we'll get our minds blown again this December, or do you think it'll fall flat after everyone has witnessed the end game? Love the podcast, bro. Thanks for the question, Brett. Uh, and there's there's a couple of things here you got to keep in mind between Star Wars and Marvel. So... Yes, they're both owned by the same people. Yes, I'm still expecting a huge conclusion to Episode Nine, But these two franchises being compared as far as how long they've been running, you can't say Star Wars has been running 40-plus years. Uh, you're only, what, 10 films into Star Wars right now? Episode Nine will be the 11th film. So you're essentially wrapping up nine films if you're talking about the Skywalker saga. You're not wrapping up 20, 22 films like Marvel is. You're wrapping up nine films. Uh, and and there's a lot of gap in between that 40 years of Star Wars where we didn't get shit. We didn't get jack. So it, th I think that's kind of an unfair comparison. However, you do have a point about how they finished off something like the, the MCU and how they're going to finish off Star Wars. You're, you're completely right. There is something there to be said again considering they're both being made by the same people 
this is going this episode nine. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll and I'll continue to say it until nine comes out. Nine has to be the film. This has to be the Star Wars film that makes this will never happen. But this has to be the one that makes people not segment Star Wars into trilogies. This has to be the film that makes you sit back and look at all nine films, not as three trilogies, but as one saga. This film, the episode nine has to be the one that puts asses back in seats after the divisiveness of episode eight. Whether you loved episode eight or not, you have to admit that was a divisive film and it's got to put asses back in seats. And honestly, they're on the right track already. I, I think I, from what I've seen online, from people talking about the trailer they released celebration with the emperor's laugh at the end and and all this uh, I, people's minds are getting blown you know knowing that the emperor is coming back and and all these rumors we still don't know who Matt Smith is playing in episode 9 all these rumors about him playing young palpatine could be completely founded so i 9 9's going to be f- something i'll tell you that right now and and after seeing endgame and seeing how they were willing to pull out all the punches and just say, boom, let's do this. Here we go. We're going to do this and this and this and this and this. We're going to give you everything. Cause I know this is a star Wars podcast, but we end game delivered. And I don't mean delivered. I mean, it fucking delivered. Uh, it, it, it touched on little moments throughout the entire series so far that were just little, we, we thought were little throwaway moments that we'd never see a resolution to, they, it, it brought everything together. It brought everybody together. And I don't see them doing anything short of that for episode nine. This is going episode nine. Now that we know, now that I've seen Endgame, I'm willing to say there's beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I don't have any inside information on this. I'm not going to be a Mike Zero and claim to have information that I don't. I have no inside information on this. But I'm, I'm I'll bet my house. I'll bet everything. I'll bet the farm. That in episode nine we are going to see the go- the force ghosts of Luke, Obi Wan, Yoda, Anakin. I uh, I still don't know what form Anakin's going to take. I don't know if it's going to be Hayden. Well, I guess it had to be Hayden Christensen at this point, wouldn't it? I, I'm willing to bet everything I own. Throw the dog on top of everything else that we're going to see these force ghosts in episode nine. If the, if they're saying this is going to be the epic conclusion of the Skywalker saga, and we just saw an epic conclusion to the MCU that pulled all the punches, this is episode nine is going to be something seriously huge to write home about. At least it better be. That's what this film needs to be. This needs to be the star Wars film that when somebody says star Wars from now on, that's the movie you think of. Whenever I think of MCU now, if anybody starts bringing up the MCU, my brain instantly goes to that big fight at the end of Endgame, And that's where everything led up to for this first saga, right? The infinity saga. So, with Star Wars, this is the Skywalker saga. This has got to end on a serious high note. They've got to win people back, especially considering they've got six more films coming in the next eight, nine years. You've got to win people back over. Whether you want to admit it or not, they've got to win people over. So uh, I think we're going to get our minds blown again. I don't think it's really going to fall flat. Uh, I mean, it could, but I I don't see that happening. This is two different studios working on two different films, but under the same big umbrella. So I'm going to say it's not going to fall flat. It's going to blow our minds again. And maybe that's just wishful thinking. Maybe that's hopeful thinking. I don't want to go into episode nine and it just 
fizzle out. I don't want to see that happen. So I'm going to say it's not going to fall flat. I think there's going to be, since you just walked out of Endgame, I know you had some jaw-dropping moments. Anybody out there who has seen it so far, which I think is half the world twice, uh, if you've seen Endgame at this point, I guarantee your jaw hit the floor at, at more than one point in that in that film. I've seen it twice, and my jaw still hit the floor every time certain things happen. So there's going to be jaw-dropping moments. There's going to be cheers. There's going to be crying. Everything in Episode Nine. There has to be. So I here's to hoping, man. I say that a lot nowadays. Here's to hoping. We don't have a lot of info. So thanks for the question, though, Brent. Let me know, guys. I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Shoot me an email at StarWarsCanonLibrary uh, at gmail.com. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Do you think 9 is going to be this epic conclusion? Especially considering, keep this in mind too, right? Everybody, I've seen all these geek pages putting out this meme saying how this is the year the MCU is ending, or you know everything we've built up to is ending, uh, Game of Thrones is ending, and the Skywalker Saga is ending. Keep in mind, those are th- from the battle from Game of Thrones and Endgame, what do you guys think Episode Nine is going to be? Keep those two things in mind also. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on all that. So uh, let me know. Uh, thanks for the question, Brent. I do appreciate it. Number uh, Question number five this week comes from Dave Warner. And Dave says, Now that we've seen footage from Mandalorian, is it possible Jon Favreau's next Star Wars project could be a live-action film? I think it's inevitable since Ryan Johnson is no longer on Star Wars and I'm so ready for this show. Thoughts? Uh, thanks for the question, Dave. All right, well, so first off, I want to address the Ryan Johnson thing because this seems to be popping up over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, we live in a world now where people take what they want and they twist it in their heads to where it's reality when it really isn't reality, okay? I'm not saying that that's what you're doing. I'm just saying either either that's what you're doing or you're grossly misinformed. Ryan Johnson is still on Star Wars. Love him or hate him, he's still on Star Wars. That's that's not changing, all right? That's that's still fact. I know all these YouTube channels and all these YouTube videos and articles are running with, Ryan Johnson's been fired and the fans are so mad with Ryan Johnson, he's never going to make Star Wars a movie again. No, he is. He's still working on his trilogy, all right? Uh, I got into a debate with somebody on Facebook, uh, I think just the other day. Uh, and, and to be honest, I kind of went off on him. Because at this point, look, I, I'm, I'm one of these people, you're entitled to your opinion. If you agree with me, great. If you disagree with me, great. But make sure your opinion is founded on fact. Okay? As long as your opinion is founded on fact, I'm not going to dispute your opinion. You're entitled to that. But when, guys, seriously, when are we going to get to this point where the people who are still bitching and moaning about The Last Jedi are finally going to give it up. When is this going to happen? This particular guy, I'm not going to say his name, uh, I was arguing, I almost say I was arguing with him, I was debating him uh, about Last Jedi. I told him, you're entitled to your opinion, but for the love of God, stop. We get it. You didn't like it. People don't like Last Jedi. We get it. To put it in And a quote you'll understand, 3PO said it best in A New Hope, screaming about it can't help you. All right? The movie came out a year and a half ago. When are we going to start having conversations about Star Wars and not have to worry about somebody popping in and and bringing up Ryan Johnson? Do you guys remember a time when we could have a conversation about Star Wars without Ryan Johnson's name being brought up? I don't. 
I don't remember that now. And, and I think it's hilarious that before episode eight came out, everybody was praising Ryan Johnson, talking about how, and I was too, talking about how, oh, he's going to do such, so, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Star Wars. He's going to do an amazing Star Wars movie. He's such a great director. Last Jedi comes out. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And the people who hate it are like, Ryan Johnson's the worst director ever. Why? Because he made one movie you didn't like, and it happened to be a Star Wars movie. Suddenly he makes a Star Wars movie you don't like, and he's the scum of the director's world? Really? No, that's not the way this works. Yeah, he made a movie you didn't like. You're entitled to not like a Star Wars movie. You don't have to like everything new coming out. But Jesus Christ, a year and a half later, we're still hearing about it? Really? Come on, guys. We're better than this. Star Wars fans are better than this. Alright? Just... Jesus Christ, move on to what we're getting in the future. Yes, I know we're getting Ryan Johnson stuff in the future. But at least he's not going to be tampering. If you hate Ryan Johnson so much, at least he's not going to be tampering with characters you know and love. If he ruined your Skywalker for you, he's not going to be ruining other characters you love. He's coming up with an entirely new trilogy. Entire new characters that you've never heard of before. Give the man a chance on that at least. Perhaps maybe he learned a thing or two with Last Jedi, and he's going to, uh, perhaps he took a step back and goes, wow, they really don't like the film that much. Granted, he was a little trolly with some of you guys. They didn't like it. But I think he had every right to be with some of the vitriol that was coming his way after that movie. Just saying. But anyway, maybe he took a step back and, and realized, oh, maybe I should have done this different. Maybe I should have done this different. Look at George Lucas, right? Before episode eight came along, Episode 2 was universally pretty, I mean, essentially the majority of Star Wars fans considered that the worst Star Wars movie ever made. But then he came back with Episode 3, which was pretty decent. You know, I'm not a big fan of the first half, but the second half of Episode 3, holy shit. You are kidding me with that freaking movie, right? But anyway, you could bounce back, okay? Just because he made one movie he didn't like doesn't mean the next one's going to be shit. So give him a break, but... Uh, as far as Mandalorian and, and John Favreau directing a Star Wars project, it's going to be a while down the road before we start talking about new directors for Star Wars films. We've got two more trilogies to get through at this point now. So, I, like I said, with the Obi-Wan thing, it, hell, he could be doing Obi-Wan for all we know later on down the road. But like I said, it's going to be seven, eight, nine years from now before we want to start talking about new live-action directors. But I think this Mandalorian thing and the Cassian Andor series... I think they're windows that we're stepping through into the possibilities of live action TV finally. So keep that in mind. Also, we're going to be seeing a lot of directors coming out of all that too. But I'm not going to rule it out. John Favreau could somewhere down the line do live action. And if he does a live action film, and if he does totally on board, totally all for it. But as of right now, uh, I'm going to say, let's just, take what we've got for now and we'll worry about that bridge when we get to it but thanks for the question though dave i do appreciate it and, and thank you for being a listener but i do appreciate it uh question number six this week and the final question of the week comes from nicholas warner uh and nicholas says i heard you say on your last episode that you think we'll get more canon material between six and seven once nine comes out i don't disagree with your reasoning at all as a matter of fact i subscribe to that belief now if this is the case, are we going to see Thrawn in 9? And if so, how big of a role do you think he'll play in the film? Just found your podcast during Celebration and subscribe to keep up the great work. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I've, I keep getting asked quite often when we're going to start getting more material between Episodes 6 and 7, which is already quite a bit there. Oh, I don't want to say quite a bit. There's some there. 
but there's still a, there's like a 20 year gap there that hasn't been covered. Yes, we have Bloodline, uh, which is I think five, six, seven years before uh, Force Awakens, and then we've got the Aftermath trilogy and Last Shot, and that's about it. I mean, there's there's really not a whole lot else there, um, and and this is this this is what I normally tell people: wait until Episode Nine, because that's when I'm still convinced Thrawn had everything to do with the rise of the first order. I think he was pivotal to it. And I know at this point we're going to be getting a Thrawn Ezra story probably this time next year. Timothy Zahn did come out and say he was writing four Thrawn novels. One of them would be the Ezra Thrawn story at that point. At that time, Thrawn uh, alliances was getting ready to come out. Now we've got treason coming out. It's not that story. So the next one's going, it's got to be that story. I think once Nine comes out, we're going to find out what happened with Ezra and Thrawn, how Thrawn was pivotal with the rise of the First Order, and, and, and all that. So I think we're going to get a. I think we're going to get an explosion of stuff between uh, 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 six and seven uh, once Nine comes out. Uh, but to answer your question, do I think we're going to see Thrawn in Episode Nine? I'm going to say yes at this point. I'm going to. I'm not going to go all in, but I am going to say, yes, we're going to see Thrawn in episode nine to what capacity are we going to see Thrawn is a different story. I don't think he's going to have a big role in episode nine. If he has a speaking role, I'll be shocked uh, at this point. I see it more along the lines of something, you know, Kylo Ren walks onto the bridge of a star destroyer and Hux is standing there talking to some, some admirals. And one of them is Thrawn, you know, and, and Hux turns around to talk to Kylo and the, and the admirals all walk off. I think that's going to be the capacity of which we see Thrawn at this point. But I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to be in Episode 9 in that capacity because of the other little Easter egg nuggets they've dropped throughout other films for us. Like Chopper in Rogue One, the, the ghost popping up in Rogue One. Little things where if you've never seen anything that had to do with Rebels, you didn't really think anything of it. But the people in the theater that had seen Rebels was like... That was the ghost. That was Chopper. It was. It's kind of a reward for the people who read all the canon, keep up on everything, right? I think they're going to do the same thing with Thrawn in this one. I think it's going to be one of those things where anybody who, the general movie-going audience, is going to just see a blue chist with glowing red eyes and a First Order uniform and not think anything of it because he's an alien in Star Wars. But the hardcore sweaty fans like you and I, we're going to look at it and go, oh, holy shit, that was fucking Thrawn. I think that's going to be what happens. And especially going back to what I said earlier about Episode Nine, how I don't think they're going to pull any punches this time around. I see them going all out. And, and Going back to what I was saying earlier about, about Episode Nine, Endgame was all fan service. There was, there was a lot of fan service in that movie. That movie was all fan service. I think Nine is going to be the same thing. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing in your eyes, that that's up to you. But I think Nine's going to be all fan service, so I, I'm almost convinced we're going to see Thrawn in Episode Nine. So, uh, guys, let me know. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. Do you think we're going to see Thrawn in Episode Nine? If so, uh, to what capacity? Do you think maybe he would just pop in and out, or do you think maybe he could be a pivotal character in Episode Nine? Let me know. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, so I think that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check on, uh, check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, uh, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date 
on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. I've got a huge announcement coming down the line. Uh, the patrons uh, have already been let in on the secret. Uh, and if you guys want to know what the secret is, head on over to the Patreon account uh, and uh, show some support there. Uh, but like I said, the patrons have already been let in on what's going on. So uh, if you'd like to get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast, you can send it in to starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can record a live uh, voice message uh, and send it to me that I can throw on the air. Who knows? You might get to hear yourself on next week's show. So uh, all of those links can be found in the description of this episode. And like I said, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the Force be with you.